Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. We're going to talk about the virtue of mutual submission. It is a problem in many churches. You see, we started, when we talk about Aaron and Moses, we say something that everybody should know. That the things of this world, of this earth, the way the earth, the people of the world practice things, all their ways are contrary to God. So if we say we are in the Lord, we are serving the Lord, and we still operate, especially when it comes to who is a leader and who is not a leader, we still operate. I'm not, please, everybody try to understand me. You're out there, you're in the leadership, you're the politics or whatever it is. Please, go ahead and do what you want. That's what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is this. When you enter the house of God, politics is dead. Are we all together here? Because politics of the world, politics about competition, that's not what God is all about. So, but for God, is totally different. That's why he told us that whoever wants to be the greatest among you must be what? The servant. It is it's opposite of what he's talking about. It must be, must be servant. So, but in churches, it's very difficult for people to understand that no matter whatever position they are, they are putting, it is by the Spirit of God. It's by His grace. When you understand that, then you should always serve the God with what? With fear and trembling. Because He's the one. And He's the only one for you to look and find out the way He wants you. So, the, mo- the virtue of mutual submission is very, it's something that's so lacking in many churches that we need to talk about right now. When it comes to the, the leadership, Aaron, Moses. Do you know that every temptation that comes to man, that is brought by the wicked one, the devil, appeals to what? Appeals to what? The flesh. Every temptation that the wicked one brings to you. Appeals to the exaltation and what? Gratification of the flesh. Please, everybody, understand me. So when somebody said, God has called me, and this is the leadership of him, and you're still operating in the flesh, and you still think it's a matter of your power and your mind, and forget that it's about his spirit, it's a problem. Why am I saying that every temptation... So, do you see why for many years now I've been saying it? When I say, if every temptation appeals to exaltation and gratification of the flesh, that means that the tempter is who? <laughs> no, please, I want everybody to understand. You know, when I would just tell people, and they say, why do you say that? I said, the first devil of a Mekos Rumba is a Mekos Rumba. They said, what? I said, you don't seem to understand. Because the temptation I'm talking about, oh, the devil, is because it's to appeal to my the fleshly gratification and the what? Exhortation. 
So who is the one responding to that? Is it not me? Is it not the devil? And God will run around and say, the devil, the devil, the devil. So you can see why the first devil that one has to deal with is himself. If you want to really walk with God, give me James 1. That's why James 1 said, John, James 1, 13 to 15, please. James 1, 13 to 15. Yes. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Mm-hmm. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires mm-hmm. and enticed. Yes. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So each one is tempted. Even somebody who is put in leadership is tempted by what? By himself. By his own desire. And that desire may be, I want now to go beyond what God has given to me and lord it over others. Let, let's pl- please make sure we, we, we get this. And that's what goes on in churches. I'm telling you all right, right now. Many, many churches, that's the way it is. You go beyond what God has given to you. And then you want to lord it over there. You know, we're answering, because I'm giving you mutual submission. But actually, we're answering the question somebody asked. And it still goes back to, why did God take the spirit from Moses and give, give it to the other 70? Please, let's, because there are two questions, but we'll only answer one today. we deal with others. So, I'm the one tempting myself. Because I'm the one thinking beyond what God has given me. I'm the one thinking beyond what God has given me. Because for me, I want to always stay the fact that it is not by might or by my spirit, but no, by my own power, but by the spirit of God. So that is why if you look at it, every temptation of the devil, the devil tempted Jesus Christ three times. All of them, he said what? All of them had to deal with what? Self-exhortation and gratification. No, let's read please Matthew 4. You can read from 5 to 11. You tell me, just let let the time understand it. Matthew 4, 5 to 11. Yes. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, Mm -hmm. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Stop right there. Where did, where did the devil take, take, take him? To the what? The high mountain. Okay. So what does that tell you? The higher you grow. <laughs> God bless you, doctor. The higher you go, grow. When it comes to God, the higher you grow, you better be careful and be crying every day unto God. Lord, let it never cross anywhere. That have become something. When that crosses that you think you have become something, you have become like people of the world. Are we all together? He took him very high there. Look at all the temptation. Keep keep reading. Verse 7. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. So when we project ourselves in churches that we are something and we begin to feel so elevated. What are we doing? We are tempting 
the Lord. Because what, okay, we say we are tempting the Lord. What are we tempting the Lord? Can anybody tell me what are we tempting the Lord? What risk are we taking telling the Lord? No, no, no. <laughs> God bless you, Pastor Charles. We, we, we got there by ourselves, which means that the time has come for us to what? To fall. You see? Now, let's, that's, let's go, keep reading. Let's go. Verse 8. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain mm-hmm. and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left it's okay. him. So when, you, when, when somebody in the church gets himself so exalted and feeling so high, it means he's worshiping who? He's serving the devil. Let's make sure now, all these church leaders, please hear me. When that happens and it crosses your head, you have become like people of the world, and now you are serving the devil. Because the devil said, you know, if you fall down, you are here. But it goes back again to what God is talking about, and it's amazing. Honestly speaking, look at the scripture. Let's, let's follow it. It's amazing when he warned us about something. He said, whoever thinks, can you read First Corinthians? Eight two, please. First Corinthians eight verse two. Yes. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Can anybody tell me something that is a little shocking? When you read that, where does something that touches you? When you what? Think. God bless all of you. When you think that you know something, which means that what? You don't know, you know, not God. <laughs> that, that is all I want everybody. When you think, you believe you know something, the Bible says, you know that what's because for, you, for me to say, oh, when you think you do, I'm saying you don't know. You may think you're deceiving yourself, but you don't know. Okay, read 1 Corinthians 10 12. Everything, the, the scripture, the same thing God is warning all of us. That's a different way He does things, yes? 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Yes. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. You see, let him who thinks he stands. That means the person does not what? Does not stand. The same, the same scripture. Almost like the one who said, if anyone seems to, he's telling you, you don't have anything. You seem to think you think you have something, but you don't have anything. But go to Galatians, please, 6, 3. Galatians 6, verse 3. Yes. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Now, this very one has summarized everything unto us. Please listen to me. Man will be saying, if one thinks, then that means he doesn't have. But this one is so clear. He said, now, if anyone thinks himself to be something, he tells you, yeah, you are deceiving yourself because you are absolutely what? Nothing. Please. You are absolutely nothing. That's why Christ said, if anyone is what is it, he'll be brought down and brought low. Once you pick up some of these things and understand what God is talking about, then we move on. You will see that even this evening him around quickly. So, now, it came to this point, this, the, the question that was asked. 
where we say that God took the spirit that he, he gave Moses, right? And instead of calling 70 and give the spirit, he, he took the spirit from Moses and gave them. Read Numbers 11. Read 16, 17, and 25 only. Numbers 11, verses 16 and 17, and verse 25. Yes. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle of meeting, that they may stand there with you. Then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of the spirit that is upon you and will put the same upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it yourself alone. Read 25. Verse 25. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied, although they never did so again. So why did God take the spirit from Moses and give to the 70? Instead of giving it individually, which he could have done. That's, I'm asking that question. They can be in unity and work together. God bless you. We come to that. Please let everybody understand this. It's amazing what God does. So that whatever any God has given to anyone, let never ever, ever elevate yourself and think of anything other than that. Other than to thank God and then thank God to please look. Behold my brothers and sisters. Do even more if you can do unto them. In other words, I want to let everybody know one thing. From Genesis to Revelation, God is an orderly God. Everybody, please understand me. God is an orderly God. Orderliness is a character and nature of God. He is not God of confusion. Human beings are the ones who get confused because they try to arrogate to themselves that which is actually not their own, what God has not told them the way to put it. He has somebody. If he's chosen somebody, and he wants that person to be respected, yes. But this God wants everything to be so orderly. Where there is disorderly, there is what? There is, in fact, first of all, where there's disorderly, there's lawlessness. Right? And where there's lawlessness, there's what? Okay, no, I know that. But lawlessness is what? It's God bless you. Got it. It's on the devil. Read me first John. God bless you. You guys, read me first John 3 4. First John 3 verse 4. Yes. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And, and sin, sin is, is lawlessness. lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. And we had the scripture was telling us that wherever there is lawlessness or disorderliness, okay. Then there's every evil work. Because there's competition, there's strife, there's problem, that's also there. Read James. We have James 3, please. Can you read from 13 to 17? James 3, 13 to 17. Yes. 
Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Mm -hmm. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. From where envy and self-seeking, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion, confusion, and every evil thing are there. They are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, yes, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good mm. fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. I hope and I pray that everyone that God has chosen or called, like he's called us right now, everyone here to serve him, will really take that verse 17 to heart. The wisdom that is from, first of all, it has to be every action you take, no matter whatever you think you are, has to be done in the meekness of what? Wisdom. That's in humility. Total humility only yielding to God. But if it is not pure, and it's not peaceable at all, which means that what? Trouble is there. And it's not gentle. It's not willing to yield. I am the one. Everybody else. What? No, you can't. That's the way of the world. The way of the world that they want to dominate and they don't want anybody else to say anything else. If that is something in the church where we are, we are of the world. We're not operating with understanding. And I'll come to it right now. And then, and then the full of mercy good fruits, without partiality whatsoever, and without hypocrisy. That's exactly what happened. He gave this orderly way that they can be there. And he also made sure that the 70 knew what? That apart from him, that also Moses was actually his chosen. He does not want any rebellion and trouble. That's where it is. But then unto Moses, what did he tell Moses? We're all getting it right here, so we'll leave here very early. No, unto Moses. We have told them what he has told. Okay, for generally, it has to be orderly. I don't want any disorder anywhere in my house. Because if there's disorder, then peace is not there. If there's no peace, the prince of peace has left. Therefore, we'll we'll be wasting our time there. Okay, 70 other ones. I took this spirit and I gave to you. It came from Moses. I could have given it to you. In other words, Moses and you, you need to know this spirit is not yours. I the one took this spirit and gave it to you. That you may know I have chosen him. But then, Moses, what what should Moses learn? No, I know that. There's something that is amazing in the Bible. Everybody can understand. If we can get that understood, it's very easy. Life will be safe because in the house of God, it's supposed to be so simple. I'm telling you. Do you know that God created woman, man and woman? Well, how come he created the woman from the ribs or from rib of Adam? He could have done that. But this God, in his infinite wisdom, made sure they understood that Adam and Eve are what? 
one. They're codependent. That they are one. I wish this would happen in churches and everywhere we are. That they are one. And the mission is one. Everything is one. That's why Adam, when he woke up, he said, now this is my flesh of flesh and blood of blood. In other words, there is nothing, no difference between the two of us. And that cannot happen anywhere in churches or anywhere unless that spirit of God is there to let people know that the objective is what? One. That's why, remember, even in mission, many of us here, God has done wonders. Even with the mission, when we go in and we tell people and said, until people understand that the business is that of the Lord, not that of the pastor or anybody, then you'll be, you will not be walking trying to impress the pastor. You are doing everything unto God to make sure you do your own part. So that's exactly what he was communicating to Moses. Moses, you are... You may think I've taken my spirit, yeah, the spirit in you. As much as I've done that, I will hold you accountable in every situation. And you need to know one thing, I'm the one, not you, who have done this thing going forth. Now, so I say this then, blessed is that man that God has restrained the temptation and corruption of power. Have restrained that. That corruption, temptation, the law, the oh, I want to. This is the way it's supposed to be of power. Blessed is that man in his own house. Why am I saying blessed is that man? Because that man has the mind of Christ. We say we are of Christ, but we have his mind. The Bible told us that not only that, we have the, have the mind of Christ, which is the mind that is set above, but the mind that is in Christ. He came to give us an example. Read Philippians 2, 5 to 11, that everybody should know. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Yes. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, Mm -hmm. but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him Mm -hmm. and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ, Christ. is Lord to the glory of God the Father. To the, to the glory of God the Father. But can anybody tell me why Jesus Christ took up the bond of a servant? Well, I know that. We will, we will identify. Can anybody tell me what understanding, spiritual understanding we give somebody? That somebody may have to conduct himself in that manner. That's one. And then you know that this earth is not what? Their home. If somebody understands, see, it goes back again. If you have the mind of Christ, to have the mind of Christ is that you bring yourself onto the. It doesn't make a difference whether I'm a slave or I'm not a slave. There's one thing that I know. 
my mind is set on one thing, the ultimate goal, and I would. It doesn't make a difference whether I serve as a servant or I crawl or walk. The only thing that matters is that I do it according to the prescribed way and I get there. And today, he's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Is he not? See, yet that time maybe, oh, what is this person doing? So, so that's what I'm trying to say that that understanding is only that God can only give that. And if you check it, you, you see, that's exactly. The way it has been with God. Everybody understand me. The way it has been with God. The Holy Trinity is one example I want everybody to understand about this mutual submission. The Father. The Son takes from the Father. But they are same one. They are one. And the Holy Spirit takes from who? The Son. Do you understand what is going on there? And yet, the father submits to the son. Can anybody tell me when I say the father, the, the father submits to the son? That's look at me. What are you talking about? <laughs> the father submits to the son. The son also submits to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit submits to each one of them. It's amazing. Get to this mystery that is there. When I cede my own authority and give it to you, what is submission? Most of us think that submission is that you bow. Submission is that whatever, oh, whatever I tell you, you do. Submission also amounts to when I have <laughs> considerable measure of respect, honor, eh, regard that you, unto you, that I can say, what I have is yours. You know, our worship leader was singing that. He said, Lord, what we have is yours. Which actually, what he's saying is that we don't have anything. Right? Because it belongs to the Lord. So, this is a situation. It's, it's amazing. If you look at what? Let's, let's look at uh, John 16, right? Can you read from 15? I don't even remember. John 16 from verse 15. Yes. All things that the Father has are mine. <laughs> Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare to you. So how did the Father's things are his? Did not the Father submit those things to him? Yes. So what is submission? Most of us think submission is that, oh, I am, I, am, I am this and you're supposed to crawl before me. They don't know that submission is power. That's God. That's, that's how it relates. If I, you and I are one, I love you so much, I'm, what is mine, I, I submitted that to you. It's given authority and power. He said, what all my, the things of my father are mine. How many people understand this in churches? That all the things of one another are yours. I'm not talking about physical things. The central and the ultimate thing we are trying to capture. The work of God. I thought, so when I seed authority, my authority, I have submitted unto someone. I've given him what is mine. Okay, so all father is mine, yes? Go ahead. He says, I, I tell you, I also have mine, and I declare it to and you. And I declare it to I'm you. I'm telling you, I, would, I am the one who declare it to you, yes? Okay, verse 16. 
A little little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father. Mm -hmm. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. What is that? Getting that understanding. Look at what Christ is telling them. You see, the same submission. A little while you see me, a little while you're not see me. In other words, it's so deep. You don't understand. I mean, if I'm in you, I've submitted to you. And you have submitted to me. We are, not, we are now what? One. And that's why if we don't even have to go any further. I can tell you that's when he said, look, i tell you one thing. The spirit of God will come. But he will take from me. He cannot speak of his own what? authority. But he will only take from me. So, the son takes from the father because the father has given it to him. And then, Holy Spirit takes from what? The son. Because the son has given it to him. And it turns around that the Holy Spirit and the son and the father are one. Operating without friction, without competition, without quarrel. Because the goal, the goal is nothing but one. That's why Jesus Christ, do you know, Christ himself gave his own spirit to the disciples. When he said, all authority that my father had given to me, I have them, but I have given you those authority. Do you understand that? And not only that, read me please John 17, 21 to 23. John 17, 21 to 23. Yes, I thank God for the understanding God is giving to this small the number right here. Yes? That they all may be one, mm-hmm. as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them. Sorry, 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 sorry let's go back. That the world may know that you sent me. So in church, when there is no oneness, that means what? There is no Christ there. So what are we running around saying we are Christians and church and church? When there's no oneness, there's not. Because that means there is no understanding of what, that, what they are there about. What it's all about. That is the key problem that most of us have. Because many people, they just get in, either start a church and begin to cover an empire and begin to rule like a, a king on this earth. That's not what it's all about. It is all about you moving and serving God. Go ahead, my dear. Verse 22. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, Mm. and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Try it. That they may be one. And again, I need to let you know one thing. That Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jesus Christ submitted to the Father. And he turned around, if you want to take it, and turned around and said, Father, the hour has come, submit to me too. He didn't put it that way. I'm trying to tell you. When he said, I have glorified you. Read me, please, the same 17. Read from 1 to 5. John 17, 1 to 5. Yes. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. 
Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, Mm -hmm. that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which Mm. I had with you, before the world so what is actually the sole and the only responsibility of anyone god has called and put in any position to glorify the father and finish his work here not more than that so when we go beyond that we begin to act like the people of the world okay that's that's all i'm trying to let get everybody to understand at this point, we go and then let's put it this way: when we're talking about Aaron and Moses, a servant and the master, let's put it that way. And I want to ask you this: for a shepherd, who is this? You see, a chosen of God is a slave. That's why he said, "If any of you." Wants to be the one who's the greatest. Give me Matthew 20, 26 to 28. Matthew 20. 20. Yes, ma'am. 26 to 28. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Let him be what? Your servant. Your servant. Okay? Let's, let's put it that way. God bless you. It's, it's enough. But let me ask you this. The shepherd and the sheep. Okay? One who is called by God, chosen by him, must know one thing. He's a slave of God. As well as what? Of the people. God bless you. God bless you. Please understand. You know, when, when, when somebody says, you know, I'm not a slave of people, it's, he's talking about almost the literal sense saying, uh, now people will tell me what to do. I'll tell what God is. Of course, you know, nobody's going to tell me this is what you do when it comes to what God has said. That's why Paul said, when I heard from God, I didn't have to go anywhere to consult anybody. Because if you do that, you have become a slave of human beings. But not in the spiritual sense that God is talking about. Okay? But the slave, look at what these apostles did. In fact, Paul was saying it. He said that, they became a slave for everybody. In fact, they be- read Second Corinthians. <laughs> read Second Corinthians six one two. Se- one to ten, yeah, or something. Second Corinthians six one to ten. Mm-hmm. We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Do you know how loaded that is? Do not receive the grace of God in vain. Let's put it this way: If I say I stand. I believe I stand. Everybody, please listen to me. Then the time has come to fall. To fall from what? From grace. Everybody. I'm not falling from the mountain, though. I would rather fall on the mountain and hit my head and die and just go than to fall from grace of God. So that's what he said. Let that not be in vain. You have wasted your time. Go on, please. 
For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, Mm -hmm. and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Yes. We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not not be be blamed. Yes. But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God. In much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, Mm -hmm. in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, Mm. by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing Mm. and yet possessing all things. Oh, now, let me, no, no, let me ask you, why did the, Paul and all those people subjected themselves to all this. That's one. But why? Whom do, for, who, for the people. Even though God. Because if the people turn to God. Then God has what? Has benefited. But the people. They suffered all this because of the people. Yet they were the leaders. That's that's the thing. The focus was on these people. Anyone who said he's called by God, chosen by God, to do the work of God, is a shepherd of God. He's a shepherd of God. There's only one reason. Go and seek the lost and save them. Bring them to me. That is all. No more, no less. As far as God is concerned. Because that's what God is going to judge. What I sent you to do, did you do it? Not for you to for us to bow before you and to do this and to do this and to do this. Don't worry about that. If anyone is called by God and you handle yourself the way of the Lord, God will speak to his own children to respect you. I'm telling you. But if you seek respect by yourself, just seeking it, then you are, you, you are the one. It's almost like you called yourself. And the reason why God doesn't want us to do that is what? Number one, there's something which is so much... He was talking to me about <laughs> a few days ago. It's unbelievable. He said, do you know the difference between... Ah, he was telling me, do you know the difference between uh, sharing my glory and stealing my glory? And he, he told, he just went, go here, go here, go here, go here. One day God will bring it out here. Before, we were always saying, I don't want to share God's glory. But he said that there are people who not only share his glory, they steal it. And that's more serious than anything else. So, for shepherd, you go. That's why the Lord said, a shepherd does not come to kill, to feed himself. Shy. A shepherd does not. He told Peter, Peter, do you love me? Go and feed my sheep. Not yourself. But Peter, don't worry about yourself because I who called you will feed you. You see, you see are, we, are we all together here? I called you, I'll feed you. Go and feed my people. That's more important to me, and I will also be able to feed you. But let me ask you this question. That is, 
was asked to me this afternoon. Who then is a slave? The shepherd or the sheep? Both are slaves. No, I'm just saying who's. I didn't ask whether they are both. Yeah, right. <laughs> this, 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 this is not a multiple choice. You try to save your head. Pastor Chad, you try to save your head. Both. Yeah. A or B or both. You say both. There's no, because there's no way I can, I can, I can flunk it. In spiritual reality, the shepherd is a slave. He's a one suffering. Huh? Taking care of a sheep everywhere. In fact, he's the one putting his life on the line. And the target. Anyone who wants to destroy the sheep, we target who? And you say you want to be the shepherd? That I'm not trying to let everybody know. Anyone who wants the sheep will target the shepherd. So the shepherd is a slave. We may think that the shepherd is the Lord and the sheep is going about. Sheep doesn't care. Whatever you say, go, he goes, this and that. But the shepherd is the one staying out there. The rain is falling and the sun is going. Sheep is used to it already, but the shepherd, you're in trouble. That's, that's the difference when it comes to when somebody said is in a, in a leadership role. So I want to, under, to please understand that every one of us, and probably here is not an issue, but I'm speaking to everyone that can hear this, that this is the way we need to operate the word of the Lord. Then, leaving Aaron, there's something that is so remarkable. Can you tell me how, what God has done that showed us, I've showed you how God has made everything to be mutually Submissive. So the scripture tells us one thing. In Ephesians 5.21, it says what? Ephesians 5.21. Yes. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. In other words, there is none that said, you, were, you are the one to be submitted to. Are you following me? In the fear of God. But if you look at the topic we are talking about right now, restricted to that topic, what is the fear of God? No, no, you, I, I said here, restricted to what we are talking about right now. If somebody comes and says, look, submit to one another in the fear of God. Hmm? No, no, I know that. No, so, forget about love, fear. Why do we why, why do we submit to one another in the fear of God? I know we say the fear of God is the, part of the foundation. But in this sense, when I'm talking about that, why we say do it in fear of God? I know. I know. Why? No. You see, that's something I want everybody to understand. God is speaking to us about something. Okay? Remember when he told us. Read me please, Psalm 39, 46. Psalm 39, 46. Yes. Lord, make me to know my end and <clears throat> what is the measure of my days, that I may know how frail I am. I want everybody. Does that touch you? Yes. David saying that I may know how frail, that I'm nothing. That's what everybody. Whenever we submit, submit to one another because I want you to know you're nothing. Before God. Go on, Yes. Indeed, you have made my days as hand breaths, and my 
Age is as nothing before you. Certainly, every man at his best state is but vapor. vapor. Surely, yes? Surely, every man walks about like a shadow. Surely, they busy themselves in vain. Can you believe that? He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. Surely, God is trying to talk to everyone. Why do you, when it comes to me, even if people in the world will even follow what God is saying, it will be well with, uh, with them. But they, they will never follow it. Let's, say, let's not worry about that. God is talking to his own people, saying, look, what is this you're walking? Surely, you're a shadow before me. All of you. It's not a question of whether well, only if there's any one of you that is not a vapor, then I know exactly how to handle this. All of you. I want you to know you're a vapor. And therefore, submit in fear of me. In fear that, that look, you are nothing before me. And that's why he said also, that's one other thing that can you read Isaiah please forty, six to eight. Isaiah forty six to eight. Yes, ma'am. The voice said, Cry out. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. Mm-hmm. The grass withers, the flower fades. Yeah, so all the power. I have this, I have that, I have this and that that you have in the church. So it passes away. They're just like nothing. Yes? Because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. Mm-hmm. But the word of our God stands forever. Now, on this topic we're talking about right now, when I said we're all vapor, therefore we should understand that. And that's why I said, fear me. Then what is the word of God that stands forever? Let me help you a little bit because all I'm asking you right now, the question that were asked to me, I didn't have any clue. Then reading it from angle here, then understand that this God you are dealing with all of us, Emeko's room and everybody, there is no partiality with any human being. Whatever you think you are, because I made you say you are a leader, does not mean that anything before me. There's no partiality. I'm not going to treat you different. It's going to be the same way. You see, so if we, if we actually we have this understanding, we'll operate in a more divine way instead of the way of the world. So that's why I say that it is we say that the sheep is the one who is actually the master. The shepherd is a slave, laboring all the time. But if the shepherd is laboring, why does the shepherd labor? That's one. Because yeah. Yeah. Why? He will give account. God bless. He will give account. I want everybody. That's why he. Every ship now give me account, whether you like it or not. I'm not going to go there and call the ship together and say, "Ship, give me account of what happened today." Is you the shepherd? I'm going to kill. That's the same reason why Christ was telling Peter, Peter, how do you really mess, get yourself messed up with the, the the rest of the ten? Arguing about who's going to be the greatest. That's why now you have given room to the devil to destroy you. And now I'm praying for you. Then Peter, I'm not praying for everybody, but Peter, when you have 
come back to me. That is in the same spirit that I called you. Peter, go and feed my flock and don't worry about it. Then, then you will strengthen others. You know what I was telling you? Almost like I gave every one of you the spirit. But Peter, maybe is the one that I gave this thing to give. I don't know how. That's how God does it. That's why I said we, we don't know. His ways are so higher than all of us. And in mutual submission, everybody understand what I'm saying. Example was also given. This is the second. We use Aaron and we use that. But the second case, case study is actually John the Baptist. John the Baptist so in, in fact impressed me so much. But John the Baptist is the one who said, there's one coming before me. There's not even anyone like him. But then the man that nobody like him came and asked him to be baptized by him, right? And he said, Ah, no way. Not baptize you. But eventually he said, No, you're going to baptize it because let us fulfill righteousness. Can you do you see Christ? Look at John the Baptist. Far away. Because the Baptist said, I can't even touch his sandals. He's the one that Christ went to and submitted himself. Because that authority that time was given to John the Baptist by God. And Christ, as God, saw it and gave an example. I'm going to him, baptize me. He said, no, 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 I'm not going to baptize you. But that's one thing. Then, then eventually, Christ went ahead and doing, walking together. And John realized the purpose is for the same. If we can meet the purpose, it is not contradictory. So his disciples came down and said, look at that man you, you are baptizing. You said something about him. But this is what is going on now. And his response, read me, John, please. Do you have John 3, 25 to 30? John three twenty five to 30. Yes. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. Mm-hmm. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testi- testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, No, that's not right. <laughs> Master, the one that you baptized, I mean, you know, the disciples of John did not understand what John was talking about when he told them, Behold, this is the, the Lamb of God. This is it. He, they did not understand. But in the flesh, they came back and said, Look at, he's baptizing, and all the people are coming to him. And it happens there. You know, there are some people. They leave, they leave the denomination, and as God, God has called, and they start something, and their own is doing, and then everybody's planning, the old one is planning to make sure they finish them. That means they're not working as one. They're not working as one. Otherwise, they shouldn't be. Because, you see, if you left the denomination, and went ahead and said, because said, God has called me, if God has called him, is it your business? Anyone who is called by and chosen by God, there's only one food that matters to you. Christ said in John 434, he said, We don't have to go there. He said, My food is to do the work of my father. If I see somebody eating the same food, doing the same food, this and that, then it's for me to support the individual because it's the same work. So they came to him and said, Can you believe that man? He's, he's, the whole world is running to him. And then John said, What? John answered and said, 
A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You see? Yes. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him Mm. rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Do you see when somebody, the Spirit of God is in that individual? You don't need only envy. What are you envying for? It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by his spirit. And whatever he has done, he has done it that way. So that's the situation we need to learn. And now, this is the thing. We know, we're talking about Christ went and got baptized by him. But Christ turned around and told us one other thing. I need to ask anybody. The same question I was asked. In Matthew 11, 11, he said what? Matthew 11, 11. Yes. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. First of all, what does this tell? Many of us running around and they want to be the leader in church. And they want to lord it over others. Christ is telling you, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than even this man. I'm telling you. But then he said one thing there. I said to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. And that includes who? No. No, we know that Christ is telling you he's the ultimate. Everybody, Christ, because John has already testified that this person is greater. He cannot even come close. But I'm trying to tell you, of all those born of women, Christ is saying, including Abraham, <laughs> you know, Moses, all those things, and yet, and yet, does it not shock you? Why? That's a question. Why? Huh? Yeah, the bride of Christ is greater, but why? Why did he say there's none greater than this man? It's true, but you see, he was the one that was a forerunner for Christ. That's one. Number two, John the Baptist was all about come on, repent. The king. Come on, prepare yourself. That's all about John. But then let me ask you this. Have you ever wondered that John is not credited with any profound miracle, prophecy, or volumes of books? I hope we learn. In this church, we say, well, this God we're talking about, this God is, so, is too big and too far away from our own understanding. And bless the man, he gives that understanding. John didn't do all these things. There is nothing that you can say there. The epistle of John, or whatever of John. This John the Baptist. No books written, no volumes of books written. There's no miracle like Elijah and most of them that you can think of. There is nothing you can tell me here that it is 
profound prophecy. You can agree to John the Baptist. And yet he said, there is none born of woman that's greater than this man. So how do we explain that? You know, we, we hazard some explanation here. Osi was talking about it was a bride, this and I know, like the forerunner. We're all, we're all guessing. No, we're all guessing. We have to go and ask God. We have to go and ask God. That's, some, that's why I said, all these things he said, live, do the one I've called you to do. And do it perfectly right. I will do with whatever I want to do with what belongs to me. That's the same question. Let me ask you this. And we're not going to deal with that now because we're closing right now. Because I know one of us, he's not, she's not here today, was just saying, I asked a question, but he didn't answer it. How come that uh, uh, those uh, workers in the vineyard, there are some who worked for eight hours, and some worked for one hour, and some worked for two hours, and some worked for this thing, but they received the same thing. Now, I wish he was there. He would have answered it. Just tell me why. John, I don't know. Only God knows. So go and ask God why they received it. That's why he told you, he said, is it wrong for me to use whatever that belongs to me as I, I want it to be? It's because it's God. Heavenly Father, we give you glory. And we thank you. We thank you, our God. We thank you. We don't know how to thank you enough in this place. We started, Lord mighty God, by crying unto you and said, we don't understand why you are so mindful of us. Teaching us what we don't know. What I don't know, what I will never know, my God. What your children here do not know, even online. But you are revealing this deeper and deeper and deeper mystery, Lord. For whatever reason, unto those you have given ears to hear. Lord, I pray you that you give us that permanent ear to hear. And to keep everything you have taught us. We are very grateful in this place. Your children online, they are grateful. We are thankful to you, our God and Father, that by yourself you are teaching us, not the teaching of any man or any woman, so that no man can take that honor and glory that he has done anything or has done a good homework to come and teach your children. But you have been doing it, Lord. Only we pray, my God, my Father, that this thing you have done for us will never be a judgment against us that we may live a life worthy of you. Thank you, God. Thank you, our Father. Thank you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We give you honor. We bow and say, let your name alone be glorified. Please, Lord, bless your children who are here with your spirit. May they understand that they may not walk with you all the days of their life. We thank you. We give you honor. We give you glory. Blessed be your holy name in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.